baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and today is Sunday, the 7th day of August 2016, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from the Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. Hey, what is today? Today is Sunday. Today is time for me to do the Sunday request. And this one comes from someone whose last name, I'm telling you right here and now, I'm going to mess up. There is a better chance of me becoming the starting center of the Boston Celtics than there is for me to pronounce this person's last name correctly. But let's give it a shot. It comes from Lawrence Gronedjik. Lawrence Gronedjik? Lawrence Grandenjik. Nope. All of them bad. The Twitter handle is at its Lawrence G. I have no idea if Lawrence is a woman's name or if it's a male name. I know nothing. I know nothing about Lawrence G other than the two things. This person's name is unpronounceable and this person sent me a nice Sunday request. And here we go. That's Sully Baseball. Will the bat flip display go the way of the NFL end zone celebration? Do you think the bat flip is disrespectful? Well, this, of course, goes, in a way, this goes to the whole thing that happened last uh, league championship series. uh, Or not league championship, the division series between the Blue Jays and the Rangers, where, of course, very famously... Um, Jose Bautista, in the middle of a crazy game where there's a lot of bad blood to begin with, wound up hitting what eventually became the Division Series winning home run. And when he saw it was gone, gave just a monumental bat flip as a giant FU to the Texas Rangers and all the haters knowing, yep, that's it. And it was, a, it was dramatic. It was disrespectful. It instantly became a meme. And there you go. Now, the NFL, this is not a football podcast. And quite frankly, I don't know enough about the NFL. And I don't care enough about the NFL to really have much of a thought about what they do about end zone celebrations. And You know, I may make some people angry about this. But I don't have a big problem with them. It's funny. I'm going to I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit in my life. I was having a conversation with my father-in-law. My father-in-law is a uh, amongst many other things is a is a martial arts instructor. And this was I guess this must have been early in my marriage. And so I don't know really what my father-in-law thought of me. Um I think he likes me now, but at that time I was the guy who who had married his daughter and I don't know what he thought about that. But it was around the time that was, oh, God, this just shows you how uh, little I know about football. Wide receiver who used to be with San Francisco later was with the Cowboys. Um, 
can't remember his name. That's how big a football fan I am. But he was a he was a he was a guy who you know did a lot of end zone celebrations and everything like that. I don't remember his name. He's one of the biggest sports stars in the world. That's how big a football fan I am. He is. I am. Who are you? But um, he scored a touchdown. And when he scored a touchdown, he reached into his sock where he kept a Sharpie. And he pulled out the Sharpie and signed the football. And then kind of threw it into the stands. And then later claimed that that was a spontaneous celebration. Which is like, well, no, it wasn't a spontaneous celebration. You had a Sharpie in your pocket, which meant one of two things. You planned this, or you just keep office supplies in your, in your sock while you play an NFL game. Terrell Owens! That's his name. Man, I don't follow football. I couldn't remember Terrell Owens' name. By the way, just so you know, uh, uh, I'll, I'll get to that parenthetical after I finish this. I'll finish this story because there's too many parentheticals. It's come, turning into a, a big algebra problem, and I'll never be able to unedit this thing here. So that thing happened, and then they were showing a, a, a clip of it on SportsCenter. And I'm sitting in my father-in-law's house. I'm sitting on his couch eating his food. So already I'm, I'm 0 for 2. And they showed the clip there on SportsCenter. And there was you know, Terrell Owens signing the football. And I started laughing. And I said, I think that's hilarious. I think that's absolutely hilarious that he had the imagination and the, the, just the complete lack of shame to carry office supplies in his sock and sign a football. And I just said, I'm sorry, I think it's hilarious. My father-in-law could not have disagreed with me more and proceeded to talk to me about how you should treat your adversaries in a sporting event as a very kind of martial arts point of view, that you have to treat your adversary with respect. Because if you don't, then what are you saying about yourself? If you treat the person that you're beating as someone who's just a chump, then aren't you saying, I'm playing a chump? I'm beating a chump? That's who I am? I'm a chump? I'm a chump beater? I didn't think I'd say chump this often in this podcast. And I understood, and believe me, when you're the son-in-law and you're eating their food and you're sitting on their couch and you're married to their daughter, you know, you say, oh yeah, I guess I was wrong. That isn't hilarious. But I'll say right now, I still think it's funny. And we remember that. We remember that damn catch. I don't remember who they were playing. Now, let me just say this. This is going to be one of those examples where your pal Sully is traditional in baseball in some things and not traditional in baseball in other things. But the most important thing to remember about baseball is the thing that Pete Rizal figured out about football. Football, the NFL, is not a sports league. It is the foundation of television and radio programming. It is entertainment, first foremost. 
It is about eyeballs on the set, talking about it after the game is played. It is about entertainment. Now, I will say this, and I know people are going to not agree. And at this point, I kind of sort of don't care. Lawrence Grandinjik, or however you pronounce your name, I'm really not trying to be disrespectful to you. But you ask me, do I think a bat flip is disrespectful? To that, I answer yes. And to that, I put on a suffix, and I don't care. It is good television. If Batista hit that dramatic home run and put down the bat and put his head down and ran around the bases like Bernie Williams, that would have been a really nice moment that most people would have totally forgotten about. What are some of the things that we see over and over again when we show highlights of great moments in baseball, great moments in football, great moments in hockey, whatever it is? It's as much the celebration as it is the event itself. It wasn't just that Michael Jordan got the shot over Craig Elo. It was him landing and punching the sky 55 times. It wasn't just Carlton Fisk hit the fly ball down the left field line that hit the foul pole to end game six of the 1975 World Series. It was him waving it fair and then jumping up and around and dancing around the bases. It wasn't just Reggie Jackson hit three home runs off of three different pitchers on the first swing in Game 6 of the 1977 World Series. But it was when he hit the final one off of Charlie Huff and he just stood there at home plate and watched it. What is one of the most talked about, argued about, debated moments in the history of baseball? Babe Ruth pointing to the left field stands in Game 3 of the 1932 World Series at Wrigley Field. Did he call his shot? Did he do it? Did he show up all the fans and the players who were riding him? Probably not the way it was in the horrible William Bendix film where he just stood there majestically pointing out. He probably was yelling and barking stuff at the Cubs, at the fans, and saying, I'm going to hit one out right here. Just you wait and see. That's my brilliant Babe Ruth impersonation. The celebration is a part of how we view our games, how we remember our games. When you look at someone like, you know, here in the Bay Area, I've seen, a, I've gone to a bunch of like kind of, you know, magazine stores and things like that and, and where they would, or like, you know, convenience stores and they're obviously Giants fans when they're and they have up there pictures of the Giants. What are they showing? Almost inevitably, it's either Brian Wilson or Sergio Romo or Madison Bumgarner embracing Buster Posey after they win the World Series, or a few of them in the picture of uh, Travis Ishikawa running the bases after hitting the walk-off home run to clinch the 2014 pennant. So pictures of the celebration. My screensaver, if you must know, is of the Red Sox celebrating the 2013 World Series. It isn't a picture of Kochi Uehara getting the final strikeout. 
It's of everyone running up and Koji Uehara with his arms up in the air while being hugged by David Ross. Celebrations and showmanship is part of the game and always has been. It's not a new thing. Ruth, Dizzy Dean, Mickey Mantle, Reggie Jackson, the A's, Pete Rose, you know, Ricky Henderson, yeah, Willie Mays. They're all part of people who put on a show, who put on entertainment. Now a bat flip, now look at I one of the reasons I have absolutely no problem with Jose Bautista's bat flip, none, zero, zilch, is because of the context of it. It was a playoff game. It was a do-or-die playoff game. It was a playoff game where the Blue Jays were losing with Cole Hamels on the mound. And there was a lot of bad blood and controversy that was going on between Texas and Toronto in that game. And along the way, this dramatic home run was hit. It was a tremendous release of tension. And Bautista said, yeah, you're GT right I did that. Now, if this was a game between the Padres and the Brewers in September, and someone on the and let's say Ryan Braun was up, and the Brewers are losing eight nothing in the eighth, and he hit a home run to make it eight one, and he put out, he threw a bat up in the air and started doing the the Bengals walk like Egyptian around the bases, I would say, hey, tone it down a little. You're getting your butt kicked. You know, I have, like, I do have a problem, like, even in football, like, you see someone, like, they, they make a, a five-yard run, and the guy stands up, and he starts doing a river dance. And it's like, uh, really? Really? But on a moment of great celebration, celebrate! At a moment of great drama, play up the drama. Yeah, you'll see players in the league who, you know, play everything low-key and everything like that. Bernie Williams comes to mind as someone who kind of just kept his head down and everything like that. You know, uh, Fred McGriff was someone who was kind of like that. Harold Baines was someone like that. I get it. And there's a place for that. Just like in, like, using a basketball analogy. There's a place for someone like a Tim Duncan, who's kind of stoic and kind of... You know, I don't want to say emotionless, but, you know, like, he isn't the big celebrator and everything like that. But imagine a whole league of Tim Duncans. Would you watch that? Would you watch a whole league of Bernie Williamses? Yeah, back in our days. Back in your days, what? Back in your days, what? Come on. I dare you to finish the sentence. They celebrated back then. They didn't have the cameras on them. They taunted back then. They jumped up when they won. You don't believe me? Watch the film of the Bobby Thompson homer. People were jumping around. They didn't stay on the field to celebrate long. Do you know why? Because there was always a riot on the field and they were running to save their life. Yogi Berra jumping on Don Larson. I have no problem with people celebrating, especially dramatic moments. You know, the Carlton Fisk moment when he waved the ball fair, was, a, was a, a watershed moment in television. I've talked about this at one point. You know, I'm repeating myself a little bit. But one of the reasons why it was so amazing was it was the first time we really saw a celebration like that happening. 
Well, the camera stayed on the guy who hit the home run. Well, how do we know how other people didn't celebrate? I doubt Carlton Fisk invented celebration. He was a hard-nosed, old-school type of guy himself. So we didn't have the cameras. We didn't know there's always been celebration. Who knows there's always been bat flips? And let me tell you something. Bat flips may be disrespectful. I think it's part of the entertainment. It's fun to watch. It may make you hate a player, and hate is a very powerful emotion. But let me tell you what is part of baseball and old school and back in my day and I would have done da-da-da-da-da. Give me 400,000 bat flips to one pitcher throwing at a batter. I've come back to this many times, but I find it very interesting that the notion of a pitcher throwing at a batter is accepted by many of these people who are old school traditionalists. And the idea of a bat flip is not. You don't like the fact that they flip the bat after a home run? Well, guess what? Strike him out the next time, you chump. It doesn't show that you're a tough guy because you throw at someone because you don't like what they did. In fact, it shows the exact opposite. That's disrespectful. Potentially hurting someone, potentially cutting back someone's career because you're too much of a wimp. And yeah, I'll say it. A wimp. Uh, and you know what? If such and such did in my day, we would have thrown on your head. Well, guess what? You're a wimp. You're a thin-skinned wimp who's mad that you can't do your job. Now, I don't know if my father-in-law is going to listen to this podcast. I don't know what the odds of that are. I know he probably would not agree with the sentiment of this podcast. I think that's probably a fair statement to make. But the fact of the matter is this. I watch baseball because it's entertaining. I like entertaining moments. If someone pumps their fist after a strikeout, if someone does a little, you know, a little jig like Sergio Romo, do you know what? They're celebrating something good, something fun, and they're doing something for the fans. It's fun! Why is that a hard pill for people to swallow? I don't want baseball to go the way of breaking down an end zone celebration. You don't like the fact that a team scored a touchdown on you? Then do you want to play better defense? You don't want Jose Bautista to flip a bat on you? Then strike him out. I want the games to be fun, interesting, and if it means a little bit of little extracurricular entertainment and a little goofiness on the side, then fine. That's been in baseball forever, no matter how much you want to put a brush of back in my day bullshit on your memories of baseball. So, Lawrence G., I hope the bat flip display won't go the way of the NFL end zone celebrations. By the way, isn't it amazing the NFL is so good at cracking down on things like end zone celebrations and so awful at everything else? Don't do what the NFL does. Don't do whatever the commissioner of the NFL does now. That's not the route to go. Is a bat flip disrespectful? I don't know. Maybe. It's fun to watch. I'm not the one pitching. So if you have something you want me to talk about, on the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast. Send it my way via the Twitterverse, at Sully Baseball. Maybe I'll talk about it on the Sunday request. Go to SullyBaseball.com. Like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the 7th day of August. 
2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Don't throw at me, but I may flip my bat. Hell, I'm going to flip the mic right now, and you can call me Sullivan.